I want to draw your attention to an Old Testament book. It's, it's kind of nestled in the Old Testament. It's only two chapters. It's called Haggai. If you're accessing this through a mobile device, it's pretty easy. But if, if you brought your Bibles, feel free to go to the table of contents. I did. It's on page 840 in my Bible. <laughs> like this one likes to hide because it's only a page and a half. And it, it tried to move around on me. So Haggai, find it with me. Let me give you the context. The people of God had lost their heart for God. As a result, just for us, they ended up far from God in captivity. Now, the application for us is that we get in to the consequences of our sinful choices. For the people we read about today, they actually were taken from their home into Babylon, into captivity. Some of the descriptions are they were, their life disrupted. That's the least. It was painful, chaotic, so disordered. Anybody needing a comeback can say there's been a disruption. There's been a, a disconnection between God and me. Painful results in chaotic situations. That's how we find these people. But look at chapter 1, verse 1, in the second year of King Darius. On the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say, the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Let me give you the context. When God brought them out of captivity, he said, first priority is you need to rebuild my house. The reason, you saw about the temple. The temple had been destroyed. And in the Old Testament, the only place where you could experience God was the temple. Now, the application for you and me is that we are now the temple. Back then, if you wanted to build a relationship with God, it happened through careful attendance to the temple where you could hear the word, where you could experience the presence of God. So he's saying the first priority, when you get back, I'm, I've initiated the comeback. You're out of captivity. It's like sin's forgiven. Now put all of the focus on rebuilding my presence in your life. This was not about, you know, I'm not in, God's not saying I'm not interested in your house, I'm only interested in mine. This is God saying, if you try to build a life apart from me, that's what got you in captivity to begin with. So the comeback can be fully realized if once again we say, you will be the Savior and Lord leader of my life. I will be a God-centered person. Jesus will not be added to my schedule. Jesus will not be tacked into my busy life because if that's the approach, then we'll get busy building our life and we'll end up building a life apart from Him. We have to be very careful when we're in captivity and we're dealing with the consequences of sin. 
we feel the guilt and the shame and, and we cry out to God and he forgives us. And you feel the lift of that burden of guilt and shame. But if we stop there, then we were only after maybe some insurance that maybe when we die, we go to heaven. And the comeback is a comeback first and foremost to him. It's a comeback to relationship. I am appealing to you to not be distracted from seeing that this entire journey is the formation of a relationship. Because if we miss that, then we miss the essence of why God created us. And so, these people, they come back, but they delay. They didn't say, no, we're not going to rebuild the temple. They just said, not yet. When we say later, and let me put this before you, when we say later, we may think that equals yes just because we didn't say no. Let that sink into your heart. When I was a kid, I loved to play outside, and when it was time to come in, my mom would come to the front door, open it, and say, Ronnie, come in. And I would say, okay. But I didn't. The next thing I heard was my name as it is printed on my birth certificate. Like, you get the first, the middle, and the last name. And you knew. You, if you don't, if there's a kid in the room, you take it from old Uncle Ron. When you hear the whole name, you need to go. So, I didn't say, when my mom said, come out, I didn't say, no. And I thought, my, I will get to it I will, but not yet, equal to yes, because I didn't say no. Now, just as a sidebar, had I, if my mom said, hey, come in, and I said no, you wouldn't have me as your pastor. <laughs> it, it would have been no like, time out. It'd been, you're, you're done. So, and I'm teasing with that. Anyway. So please, as you, you mount this comeback because God stirs your heart, enter the full, the full blessing of the relationship. If you have been disconnected, don't hear this as I need to start coming back to church every week. That's just a result. I'm asking you to come back to your relationship with Jesus. Kelly and I have been married 32 years, and we often talk about this. We don't want just a document in some courthouse that says we're married. That's not a relationship. If we're married for 32 years and there's a commitment, but there's no relationship, something's wrong. Because it's a relationship. Now, let me, let me build on this. Back to our text, verse 5. Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You've planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. 
What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty? Because you haven't built this relationship with me. My house, our relationship remains like it was. Our relationship remains in ruin. While each of you are busy building your own life, your own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and earth and the earth its crops. I called, I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains. Notice these next three. On the grain, new wine, and olive oil, and everything else the ground produces on people and livestock and all the labor of your hands. Let me say this, and let's just get honest. We all know this, but it's, it's important for us to be reminded. I want to make this very important next step. God's not obligated to shower my life with blessings regardless of how I'm living. Here the text is this. God's saying, you have great expectation, and we should. But if you set a great expectation for incredible blessing, but you don't want the relationship, then please know I'm not obligated to bless you if you're not interested in me. Again, God is saying, I don't want a certificate documented uh, that, that is placed somewhere that, hey, one day you prayed a sinner's prayer, but, but there's no relationship. Matter of fact, the New Testament says of that person, you will end up standing before God saying, but hey, I knew you. You know, what, what do you mean I'm not ready? And the Lord said, I never knew you. This is about a relationship. Can you say amen? amen. This is about a relationship with Jesus. And isn't it ironic that we stand here trying to see if we can talk people into or talk ourselves into a relationship with God. Let the Spirit check us on this. Like we should be desperate for that relationship. And the Spirit can stir us today until we really are awakened to we, how much we need that. It, that, Lord, we're running to you. We're coming to you because blessing in the Bible is very specific. When you get saved, the Ephesians says you're blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Like, it doesn't get any better. But there are some blessings that have a contingency. In Matthew, it says, if you're merciful, you'll obtain mercy. If you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you'll be filled. All of the characteristics in the sermon that Jesus preached is the greatest sermon ever preached. Every one of those blessings have a contingency. So this is the application of it matters how I live. It matters what my priorities are. It matters that Jesus is the consuming uh, passion of my heart. That my affections are turned to him. And they're turned to him gladly. That I love him, I, I honor him, and I'm going to pursue him. I love how it says, you know, go up to the mountains and, and cut down the timber and bring it and build my house. Let's enter with clear understanding that this relationship with Jesus takes intentionality. This takes work, but it's worth it. What we're saying is we're building the presence of God in our heart. We're building our life on the foundation of a relationship with him. And when you do, there's going to be grain, 
wine, and oil. The transfer to, of that to you and me is strength, joy, and power. Strength, joy, and power. As you prioritize Jesus as the Lord of your heart, as you do life, you're going to just push pause and say, there's a strength about my life, and I know it's beyond what I can come up with. There's a joy washing over the grid of my emotions and coming through my thought life that wasn't there until I prioritized Jesus as the consuming fire of my heart. There's power in my resolve. I've got more ability to stand against what is dark and sinful, and I've got more resolve to honor God. There's power in the purpose of my life. I have a mission, and there's a strength and a joy and a power. There's nothing that compares, come on church, with a relationship with Jesus. When I have a relationship with Jesus, then coming to church really is effective. That's when it happens, because I come in here with you, and I say, I just want you, Lord. Nothing else matters. I'm caught up in your presence, and that's worship from an authentic heart, not a perfect heart, but an authentic heart, and God will settle in on the corporate gathering, and it'll leave you to never be the same again. Come on, everybody. Let's go after Jesus. If this is your first time here, I'm asking you to go after Jesus. Why? Because he's come after you. Jesus, or God, initiated the comeback for these people. They couldn't deliver themselves. God did it. God did it. And that same God is in this place today by his presence calling a, a sense it. Somebody's hearing the Lord in your heart saying, come home. It's God initiating the comeback. Let's rebuild my presence in your life. Let's rebuild the promises. Let's rebuild this relationship. Let's go. Verse 12. Then Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the whole remnant of the people, I love this, they obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message of the prophet Haggai because the Lord their God had sent them and the people feared the Lord. And I think, let the chapter end, God spoke, he challenged their heart, gave a word of priority, a word of correction. They said, yes, we will do it. Shut the book. That's success. But it doesn't end there. You've got to see this. Look at verse 13. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. Let that sink in. I am with you. So to those stories I, I shared, here's what's happening in those people's lives. To so the person who said, I've had the most embarrassing failure in a dark season, but I'm coming back. And to that person, I say, yes, you are. And God is with you every moment and every step of the way. To the marriage that says, we're not going to dissolve it. We're going to begin again. Yes, you are. And God is with you. Hear that? God is, God is with you. If you're watching online, right there in your home, and you're saying, I'm feeling stirred, like those people at the 9 o'clock, I'm going to respond. I'm going to begin again. Yes, you are. And God is with you 
for every step of forming this relationship with him. And God is with that, that couple that says, we're going to budget again. We're going to honor God with our finances. Yes, you are. And God is with you for the challenge and for the victory. We're not left alone to figure this out, work this out, and get there. God, God is with us. Thank you, Jesus. God is with us. And close it up. Does it get better? It actually does. Verse 14. Oh, I've waited all week to get to verse 14. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel. He was the governor. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Joshua. He was the high priest. And the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. And they began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty. God stirred their spirit. He stirred the spirit of the leadership and the people. No one was left out. My prayer is that we would recognize God is stirring. And it, we have to have that. We have to have that. We, God, right now, and I believe some of you could just say, you're talking right to me. God's stirring you right now. What, what you're sensing on the inside, that's God stirring your spirit. Because if he doesn't stir our spirit, then change may never happen. Because that's where the change starts. The, your spirit, that's the essence. That's the core. That's the control center. And if God stirs your spirit, then the life change of this comeback is going to happen. Do you realize that God stirring their spirit, that's the same presence that hovered over the disorder in the book of Genesis and brought formation where there was chaos? This is the same spirit that began to sweep across the valley of dry bones in Ezekiel 37 that represented a, a nation, the very people we're reading about today. And it was that spirit that stirred their spirit that started bringing formation, strength, power, until once again they were marching as a great army, the full restoration, and it started with the stirring. The stirring I'm talking about is the presence of God with 120 people in the New Testament. And he stirred their spirit. And they had no political clout. They had no financial clout. The government wasn't behind them. They, they didn't have anything but prayer and the power of God. And they turned their world upside down. This stirring of your spirit is happening by the same spirit that entered a tomb and broke death off of the crucified body of Jesus. And Romans says that same spirit that raised Christ is stirring and brings life, brings life, brings life to you. 
Rejoice with me if you believe there's a stirring happening right now. We were talking just before service. You know, you go to make some lemonade and you've got the pitcher and you have all the water and you pour. But if you don't stir it up, all the good stuff happens when you stir it up. See, go ahead, cry out to God for your sins to be forgiven, but then let him stir you to a relationship with him where he's stirring up strength and he's stirring up joy and he is stirring up power. He's stirring up the gifts. He's stirring up that devotion. He's stirring up consecration. He's stirring up a revival. He's stirring up revitalization in his people. Oh, the Spirit of God is stirring. He's stirring, he's stirring, he's stirring. Let me show you the categories of the stirring. The word stirring here in in Hebrew means to kindle afresh or keep in full flame. Kindle, it means to inspire. It is that stirring where you can see The fire's almost out. So the Spirit of God is moving on someone who's lost their way with God. They've lost the love they once had, the relationship they had. And the Spirit stirs and brings it back fresh. You've all been in that situation where perhaps you've been around a fire and it looked like it was out. But you didn't need to build a new fire. You just needed to stir up the one you had. It didn't look like there was any potential. It looked like ash. It looked history. We got to start over. But just stir it a bit. And before you know it, there's a fresh fire. Some of you, you're being stirred because... First love is priority. You come back to Jesus being the priority of your life. The other category, it says, he will stir to keep in full flame. Those of you, you've been in surrender to God, but it's been hard. It's been a challenging season. And this season, it it has tried to be water on the fiery passion that you have for God. But the Spirit stirs your spirit to keep that flame of devotion full, fresh. Somebody needs to come to a fresh fire today. While others need that full flame. It's not burned out. It just could be roaring. So see how the Spirit, it's for all of us. Put this in the context of any scenario. Our marriage Can it work yet? Let the Spirit stir. Because that's when you're going to walk it out. This isn't easy. I'm going to preach next week out of this second chapter, and I'll show you what I think is the most honest response to the most challenging question of the comeback. It's very real. This is not an easy road. That's why it gave us the idea of you got to cut down the timber, bring it down the mountain, Prepare it so that it can be a resourceful part of the building of the temple. 
You have to come back. Prayer time, devotional life. Not because we're legalistic. This is a relationship. This is a comeback to God. And the way I relate to God is through prayer and praise and his word and serving him. Serving him. We aren't God. We've allowed a cultural influence to make us consider, do I want him or not? Does he, isn't a little bit of him enough? When Matthew says, seek first, seek how many of our lives would be fixed if we would just get back to that. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek his righteousness and then he'll add. The marriage will begin to revitalize. Your finances will come into order. The addiction will give way to freedom. The despair will give way to joy if we would just seek first. And the stirring of God is a stirring back to God. Oh, there's a scripture that says, God, turn my heart. Turn my heart, God, that it might be turned because I've lost the ability to turn my own heart. Turn my heart, God, that it might be turned. The stirring is this. Today replaces tomorrow. I will not say I agree, but not yet. You're right, and I need to do that, but not yet. Today replaces tomorrow. Now replaces later. I'm not going to be fooled that my agreement with what you're saying does not equal a yes just because I didn't say no. It's a yes when I follow through. It's a yes when I embrace it and I engage it with a heart of surrender. With the worship team coming back, I've got to show you, I'll pick up in the last sentence of verse 14 that takes us into 15. They came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God, on the 24th day. What's today? It's 20, what? It's 24th. Their calendar had them in the sixth month of the 24th day. And it's interesting to me that the Bible would be so specific. It starts out with the people saying, we're in total agreement with you, God, but not yet. And it concludes by saying so specifically that they surrendered to God's word that day. We know the exact day that they said yes and they started rebuilding the presence of God in their life, rebuilding a God-centered life on that day. So somebody right now, you fit the category that I said at the beginning of the message. Next week, next month, next year, 10 years from now, I want you to say, my life has never been the same. And it all started on January 24th. 2021 a comeback that God initiated 
He stirred my spirit, and I have never been the same again. I want every Christian in this room, you agree with me that there are people who are about to experience the greatest, most incredible blessing of forgiveness and a relationship with Jesus. People in this room and people watching online, if you're in agreement that today is their day, would you just express it by clapping your hands? This is the day. This is it. We finally come to this day. This is the day. This is the day. Some people say, but I I feel like I should fix some things before I actually say now. You can't fix it. He's got to fix it. You don't get good enough and then you qualify for forgiveness and a spiritual reformation. No, he'll, he'll do the cleansing and he'll do the disciple making because guess what? When you surrender to him from here on, God is with you. And God's going to grow the character of Christ in your heart as you walk in surrender and submission to his word. Standing with me, everybody, with your eyes closed in the presence of God. You say, Lord, I want you. I need this comeback here in a moment. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. If you're watching online, I'm going to ask you to just put something in the chat saying, he's talking to me. I am responding to this opportunity so that our team that is helping with everybody watching online, they will pray with you. They will minister to you. Church, right now, this is a magnificent moment. This is a holy moment in this room and across this community and literally across the nation. Someone was watching last night from Reno, Nevada. Who knows who's come across this stream right now because God wanted to initiate a comeback. Online and in this room, this is your day. Now listen carefully, two categories. There are some here and you need the spirit to stir and kindle afresh that relationship between you and Jesus because it's dormant it's basically non-existent and you need to come back if that is you in a moment I'm going to ask you to lift your hand you get it up as fast as you can I'll ask you in just a moment secondly there are those and the flame's just not full and that concerns you and it should and you want the stirring of the spirit to the full flame of devotion because God deserves that. God deserves that. And in that is your protection. Because you need the strength, joy, and power that's a result of walking in obedience and surrender. Not perfection, but surrender. So I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. You're saying today, not tomorrow. Right now, not later. Are you ready? In the name of Jesus, just lift your hand as fast as you can. Get them up. Here we go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Keep lifting. Keep lifting. You're talking to me. You're talking to me. This is your comeback starts today. Your comeback starts right now. Just begin to bring your prayers into the focus of that area where you need it because that's where God will stir and start a process of change and victory. Oh, God. God. You are doing a work. Let me say that your comeback, what it is, is you're moving in a Godward direction with your heart, your thoughts. They've been going in another direction. 
now you're coming with the full attention in a Godward direction. God stirring your affection back to Him. Back to Him. The Redeemer. The Forgiver. The Lover of your soul. He's stirring your affection back to Him. Begin to sing this and then I'll give you an opportunity to just join me in prayer.
you know, right now, if that is your heart, the comeback is orienting in a Godward direction. I feel like somebody just needs to take a step. Say, my comeback starts today. Just by stepping out will encourage your faith that you are rebuilding this relationship with Him. And so it's just this simple. You'll come out from your seat and you'll come down here and we're going to pray together. We're going to rejoice that your past is not going to be your future. If you're watching online, you're just going to pray this. So as we begin to declare nothing else, nothing else, you just find the nearest aisle and begin to come. I just want you. Nothing else. You just step out. You say, I need prayer. It's time for a comeback. I got to surrender. I got to submit. Put your hands together for these incredible young men. God bless you. That's it. That's it. That's it. More. More of Jesus. You come. You know. You know your heart. That's it. Come on down. Come down today. Surrender to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Nothing else will do. I just want you. Nothing else. Nothing That's it. That's it. Let's praise God for these people that are responding today. I just want you. He'll draw you. He'll draw you. This is the Spirit of God. Spirit is stirring people today. Nothing else will do. I just want Let's do this if you feel comfortable all across this place. Just lift your hands. Let's sing the chorus. So good.
Surely you're stirring our hearts back to that relationship with you. It's you. First and foremost, it's you. Forgive us of not honoring. Forgive us of neglecting. Forgive us for being deceived into thinking that anything else or anyone else could take that place that only you can take. We're sorry for having our own opinions about how to best lead our life. Today, we move on to your agenda. Today, we seek you and place you as first, 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 and everything. Our heart will align around you. Our relationships will come into order around our relationship with you. Our schedule will come into order as we have placed you as the Lord of our heart. We seek you first. You deserve our full devotion. And so we come with surrendered hearts. Forgive us of trying to build a life where we had all the belief in you, but we didn't give priority to you. Forgive us for building on our own opinions and agenda where we loved you, but it wasn't with a first love. Thank you for the strength, joy, and power that we will experience as we live with you as first and foremost in our heart. We thank you, Jesus, for the comebacks represented in this room and those that are watching online. We thank you for the stories that will be told that on January 24th, 2021, the comeback started and it's only gotten better. We give you praise for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Come on, we celebrate. We celebrate. This is good. It's the best. Thank you, Jesus.